Welcome back to the Mindful Psychonaut podcast. Now, it's been a while. It has been a while. I should have done some more podcast episodes, but sometimes it takes a while to plan things. Um, but hopefully today's episode will be informative. Um, might get you thinking about a few things you might not have thought about, or at least not thought about to this depth. So today, talking about birth, death, and the time in between. And first I'd like to introduce a concept called Chesterson's Fence. Now, <clears throat> Chesterson's Fence is essentially, the, the position is this, there is a fence put across the road and someone comes along and says, I don't see any use for this fence, I would like to remove it. And somebody else comes along and says, I will not let you remove this fence until you tell me what the use of, of the fence is. Um, and just in terms of maybe policies in government, there's a, a policy, a law that is in place. And someone comes along and says, you know, this is, this is a load of rubbish. I don't see any use for that. That law is in place for a reason. If you cannot see that reason, then you should not be allowed to remove that. Um, again, they're going back hundreds of years, someone might have appendicitis, they get their appendix removed, uh, and at the same time, they remove the long intestine. Now, now we know that to be wrong, uh, but it's the, it's the concept of, I don't see any use for that, so I'm going to remove it. And that's really quite flawed because... You know, you can't go back once you remove something. So you really need to heavily consider what is the action that I'm taking? and What is the purpose that that previous thing um, holds? You know, what, what is the purpose of that law that is in place, which I don't see any use for? Find out the purpose, really heavily consider that. And then once you've considered that properly, then you may be allowed to remove the fence that is across the road. Um, and that i guess i wanted to introduce that because yeah it can be applied in in, in policies in, in government um but it can also be applied with natural reactions such as mourning someone who's died who, who you love you know there might be a short-term extreme emotional event that occurs upon learning of someone's death um or visiting the body, perhaps. To try and avoid that event and suppress the details or lie about the death may reduce the severity of that short-term emotional event. But what purpose may that have event been? What purpose did that event have? Or does that event have? If you think, you know, actually, I, I want to get rid of this. Does that emotional event have a purpose? Um, and I think trying to understand what purpose that event has can allow you to better deal with death later in life um, and establish uh, I guess a more solid foundation of understanding when it comes to birth, death and the time in between. So I'd ask those who tell their children that um, 
that they've gone to a better place when someone dies or maybe that their pet has gone to a, a dog farm you know they're, they're all happy over there it's like but you're not going to see them anymore actually why do you tell them that what is the purpose why are you suppressing this quite you know the emotional response has a purpose and in suppressing that what do you then remove what is the purpose that you have then removed um why do you tell them the things you do and what may be the impact of that later in life uh, so a few studies now study in adolescence uh, obtained two self-report questionnaires from 89 adolescents who had each experienced death of a loved one and it was identified that the most important factors for coping with grief were self-help and support from family and friends however fear of death a sense of loneliness and intrusive thoughts were factors that contributed to a hindered ability to cope with grief. Some even found that parents or friends were an additional burden to them, which I think is quite interesting. You know, people say, you know, you should talk to your family and friends about death, or at least that should be something that you do. But if some people will perceive family and friends to be almost the the most opposite thing that they want to do you know some people really want to be on their own and deal with it themselves you know personally in the past year or so i have lost a loved one and i found great benefit in kind of self-help self-talk uh, my pat in my most recent episode talking about mental health self-talk was one of the tools that i've used to almost deal with stress and problems such as loss of a loved one um, talking to a camera talking like I am now on a podcast obviously I'm trying to talk to other people I may listen to this back myself but also the self-talk when trying to talk through stressful situations if parents or friends are a burden then you can talk as if you're talking to someone else but that might just be your future self um, and I think it's really beneficial um, or at least it was beneficial to me because it allows me to take my thoughts that almost seem quite sporadic and messy and articulate them in words um, and lay them out in, in, in fully formed sentences rather than just thoughts coming in left, right and centre. Um, another study pointed out that adolescence is a time when youth face a plethora of stressful events but also have the strong desire to deal with those events independently. And I think if you can think back to when you were a teenager, when you were almost a young adult, I guess I, I am a young adult, um, there is a desire to almost, you know, if someone tries to help you, you're almost reaching out of the, in childhood, you rely on a lot of people to help you. And I think when you get into adolescence, that's when you are stepping away and saying, you know, I don't want your help. I want to do this myself. Whether that's the best thing for you or not, if that's what you want to do and someone's trying to help you, it can be very, very intrusive. Um, and maybe even you might end up being worse off because of it. <clears throat> so stressful events can range from romantic relationships, academic challenges, and the loss of a loved one. Obviously, there's lots of other stressful events that could occur, but those are just some examples. It was found that families that adopt coping strategies such as problem solving, taking action to solve the problem, and information seeking are associated with 
higher competence and positive functioning. But dissimilarly, coping strategies such as helplessness, passivity, and escape and opposition are associated with poorer functioning and adaptation. And I think this study highlights the importance of having a greater number of coping strategies to manage stress. Uh, it may also facilitate the adolescent's desire to cope with grief independently. And I guess my immediate thoughts are, you know, there should be the structures in place so that adolescents or just anyone can have access to these, I guess, a plethora of different coping strategies and then to go out independently and say, which ones am I going to try? Maybe these ones work for me. Maybe I don't like using that one, but they have the options available to them. And I think having the options available is really important in in trying to trying to trying to figure out whether that's going to work or not. You know, whether whether that's the best thing for you. <clears throat> um, and I think these studies establish, uh, I guess, the base understanding that. Dealing with grief is very important. I don't think anybody would deny that, um, but I think a lot of people are quite confused about dealing with grief. They're not, not, not sure how to deal with grief, or at least it's not spoken about as much. You know, we celebrate birth. It's the, the birth of a child, the newborn, ha that congratulations. And at funerals, we celebrate someone's life, you know, celebrate the life that they've lived. And it is a sad event because, you know, they're no longer here, but Apart from that, it's it's very, I think, the funeral happens and then that's it, you know. I, I don't think there's much conversation around death, or at least not as much as there should be to um, properly allow people to express how they feel and deal with that grief. Um. <clears throat> so in order to properly deal with grief, I think you need to be dealing with the truth. As I'm sure many adolescents are exposed to, uh, at least in comparison to children. Some younger children, on the other hand, may be told a story or a lie about what has happened to their loved ones that they can't see anymore. Some may be told that they, their pet's gone to a happy place, but they won't be coming back, or that grandma is sleeping forever, or indoctrinated in, in dogma such as heaven and hell or reincarnation and it, it it's strange to me it is strange uh, and it's a difficult thing to talk about i think there is merit in protecting young children from the absolute truth your dog was run over by a car and brutally murdered or you know, things like that or like you don't really want to traumatize a child in that way but to lie about what might happen in the like after death life after death it's like well we don't know for sure and obviously if there's if you are religious you have a certain belief about what happens after death and that's what you want your child to believe then is it right for you to bring them up in that way? Maybe. Um, but I think I much prefer to take like an honest approach and I guess 
you know, explain to them that something has happened and they no longer be able to see them or, or talk to them in person, but they still have almost the, the memories, you know, that's where they will truly be quite alive. Um, but then Thomas return to life after death and say, well, we don't really know, but here are some things that some people think Christians think that there's heaven and hell or there's, uh, Maybe you believe in reincarnation. Maybe you believe in all sorts of different things. Um, maybe you believe there's nothing. And you just kind of under general anesthesia and then there's nothing. But whatever it might be, I don't think we can know for sure. So to tell your child that is... Well, to tell to tell them that you know for sure that this is the thing that happens might dampen, might soften that initial experience of like that was really quite emotional and then quite upsetting but how are they going how is that going to affect their ability to deal with death later in life um i don't know but it's something to think about when when you do make those decisions you know the, the why behind making a decision is very important So to shy away from this life-changing experience may lead to further harm in the future. A number of studies state that uh, problems that are not adequately addressed can become sources for added difficulties in adulthood, including psychiatric difficulties. Um, you may shy away from talking about death because you yourself find it quite difficult to deal with it, but that shouldn't prevent you from helping a child to better deal with that event. And if anything, if you're listening to this now and you think, you know, I've never properly dealt with death and it's quite a something that you shy away from, then, you know, it's an opportunity for growth, even if it is you and your child. And it's like, well, this is where they are. They are trying to deal with this, but I'm also trying to deal with this and I'm trying to deal with all the other deaths that I've not properly managed. And maybe this is the point where, I can properly have a conversation with someone about it. I think having the conversation, it, people say it's hard. It's quite a difficult thing to talk about, but it's true. You know, it's you don't you don't like the idea of other people in your life dying or yourself dying, but it's a reality. And to not talk about it is almost you're living in this make-believe world until eventually it happens and you don't really know it's almost like a shock but it shouldn't be a shock it's something that happens all the time and to talk about that should make it easier to manage i think um, additionally talking about death with family and friends those that have been affected by loss of loved ones is important as it highlights the time that we spend in between birth and death we can lose loved ones after a long, healthy life from old age. We can lose loved ones after tragic act accidents or unexpected life-threatening diagnoses, such as cancer. Knowing this, knowing that things could be worse than they already are, um, I think I would encourage everyone to almost cherish that time that you have with your loved ones. I think that's, you know, that that is it's quite a cliche thing, but to really truly consider that I could record this video, drive home, 
and get in a horrific car accident. It's it's unlikely to happen, but it could happen. And then what then? You know, if and that 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 is a reality that could happen in the world and does happen to people. And I think there's a lot of regrets that people have when when things like that happen. They say, I wish I spent more time doing this. I wish I cherished the time I had with them. I wish I did this. I wish I did that. And to have the conversation about life and death can truly make that almost, you're having the conversation before before that thing has happened and not afterwards where the regrets are present. You can have it in the moment and say, well they are they are here now and i'm i'm grateful for that and it um brings me on to a psychological tool called negative visualization so i'm just going to play a quick clip from uh, my instagram a recent psychological tool i learned the name of but i have been practicing without knowing what it was um is called negative visualization um, this is something that some people might do, um, something that I have done, and essentially is visualizing something negatively. So take anything in your life, maybe it's your work, maybe it's your relationship with your partner, maybe it's a relationship with friends or family, and visualize how that could be worse. Or if you didn't have that thing at all, maybe... Um, or hopefully most people will love their family. Um, and what if they were gone? What if one day you got a call and unfortunately your parents have passed away or your child had passed away or your friend had passed away? It's, some people might call this extreme, um, to think about, but that's that's the tool that that that's the use of the exercise use of the psychological tool so having this negative visualization of something that could occur but isn't that that but that hasn't occurred and how you might feel in that situation how you might react um it can be quite simple as oh i'd feel like shit i i'd feel very sad i'd feel it can be a bit more deep than that. And actually you can really truly feel those emotions. You can truly consider what if you did get that call in the next hour? What if you did get, what if you did happen to have that thing occur to you tomorrow? Because unfortunately those things can occur. It's simply, it's simply life. Um, But to practice the negative visualization, to use that tool, can allow you to come back and go I am far it can allow you to be far more grateful for the things that you have um, it was using the waking up app by Sam Harris is, is what I currently use for mindfulness and meditation it also has a lot of theory on it and currently I'm going through the uh, the stoic um, section of the theory and almost understanding that suffering and uh, I guess unhappiness comes when 
you have a desire for something and so you have your current situation and then you have a desire and actually if there is a large gap between what your current situation is and the desire then suffering and, and unhappiness will be true and will be present but if you can learn to desire the things that you already have using negative visualization to go oh goodness it would be awful if x y and z happened it'd be awful if my pet died then you can come back and go hey you know they're not dead and they're here and i'm grateful for that and it's a very simple tool but will allow you to start that process of bringing those desires a little bit closer to what you already have and therefore be a little bit more content with what you with what you have <clears throat> so that's just a little clip on negative visualization I and mean, i think it is a great tool for stressful situations but also just understanding it could be worse than it already is um, and it's it's not worse than it is uh, things can always get worse and it's a little bit of a I guess some people might say oh that's a very pessimistic thing to say but it's realistic things can always get worse and to visualize that will allow you to be grateful for the things that you have in this moment someone's diagnosed with cancer and they die shortly after they had three months to live well they didn't have two months to live and okay i'm like it's picking at thin straws but you are so grateful that it was you had three months and not two or you're so grateful that you had two months and not one um or at least you should be and i think there's a lot to be gained from that um, but the following study highlights the potential for positive outcomes of adolescents' experience of grief. So 93 adolescents responded to the question, what positive outcomes, if any, do you feel were the result of your grief experience? And the most frequent responses were having a deeper appreciation of life, showing greater care for loved ones, strengthened emotional bonds uh, with, with others, and developed emotional strength as 74%, 67%, 56%, 53% respectively. And I'd just like to finish talking about uh, Jocko Willink. Some of you may have heard him, some of you may not, um, but he has a podcast and he has a very good approach to bad situations, such as the loss of a loved one or getting fired at work, um, or any stresses that may come through life. So I'm just going to play a quick uh, two-minute video now. One of my direct subordinates, one of my guys that worked for me, he would he would call me up or pull me aside with some major problem, some issue that was going on, and he'd say, boss, we got this and that and the other thing. And I'd look at him and I'd say, good. And finally one day he was telling me about some issue that he was having, some problem, and... He said, I already know what you're going to say. And I said, well, what am I going to say? He said, you're going to say good. 
He said, that's what you always say. When something is wrong and going bad, you always just look at me and say, good. And I said, well, yeah. When things are going bad, there's going to be some good that's going to come from it. Didn't get the new high-speed gear we wanted? Good. Didn't get promoted? Good. More time to get better. Oh, mission got canceled? Good. We can focus on another one. Didn't get funded. Didn't get the job you wanted. Got injured. Sprained my ankle. Got tapped out? Good. Got beat? Good. You learned. Unexpected problems? Good. We have the opportunity to figure out a solution. That's it. When things are going bad, don't get all bummed out, don't get startled, don't get frustrated. If you can say the word good, guess what? It means you're still alive. It means you're still breathing. And if you're still breathing, well then hell, you still got some fight left in you. So get up, dust off, reload, recalibrate, re-engage, and go out on the attack. So that is good. It is a video called Good on YouTube and may not be entirely appropriate or some of the examples, I guess, for life and death, but just an approach to life. If something bad happens, there's always good that can come from it. Um, obviously, there is bad. There is, you know, the, the, the sometimes the burden and the stress of a situation can feel heavy, can feel as if you're being buried. But there's always good that can come from that situation. Um, and I heard this quote the other day regarding this feeling of, of being buried. And it simply said, I am not buried, I am planted. And I thought it's a really nice image to to a view. You know, if things can feel like they're weighing down on you. Sometimes people say, oh, a big weight has been lifted off me. But... If you feel like these pressures are coming down on you and you feel like you're being buried, you you can grow out of this situation and bear the fruits of your labor. You know, you can reap the rewards of the pain and the suffering, the difficulty that you push through um, and overcome. This is not to say that the situation such as a loved the loss of a loved one uh, may not be that bad if you can see the good in it. They are going, it is going to be bad um, and it is going to be difficult. But the matter of the fact is, this thing has happened and how will you respond? Will you be buried in the ground like a rock or will you grow out of this experience like a seed that has been planted rather than buried? And I think that's a nice way to end the episode so you know i could talk for hours about life and death because it is a very extensive topic with numerous questions 
Um, but it's something to think about, something to talk about. And if you haven't spoken about it with people that actually you think you need to, then it is important, you know, whether it's, I think as you grow up, it's something that you might think about more because you're older. Uh, but it's definitely something that can be present very unexpectedly in your life. And it's the way that you deal with that, the way that you support others and the way that you can grow like a seed out of that, um, out of the burden, out of the, the stresses from that situation and almost become better for it. So hopefully that was, I'm not going to say enjoyable, um, but hopefully that was interesting um, and gave you something to think about. Maybe there's things that you need to talk about um, and maybe you might have a better way of doing that now. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, please give it a share, talk to other people about it. Ask me a question, send me a message on Instagram. Um, that's Joel Clark 107 or the Mindful Psychonaut podcast. It's, I, I think I'm always intrigued to know what other people's opinions are about things like this or any of the things that I've spoken about on the podcast. Um, just because they are not controversial things that I talk about, but things that may not be talked about as often as they should, such as death. Um, and there's a lot of benefits, a lot of learning to, 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 to be had from conversations such as this. So feel free to give me a message. Um, and if not, then tune in next time for another episode of the Mindful Psychonaut podcast. <laughs>